Yo, Cardinal Cast, what's going on? Real quick, I have a disclaimer about this episode. So, the day that we recorded this, me and Wizard of E-Commerce, um, I received like four or five dozen death threats in my DMs. Uh, it was kind of a crazy day. Um, so, I was a little out of it for the first like, I, I want to say like 15 minutes of this episode. But we really start flowing, and we really, really do have a good conversation. So, um, stick with it. Stick to the end. Um, I think I owe you guys some transparency. I want you to know that like this episode could have been a little bit better um, had I not almost lost my life this day. But um, yeah, appreciate you guys. Enjoy this one. Wiz of Ecom, mentor of mine, friend of mine, and one of the smartest people I've ever gotten the chance to talk to. Check it out. Boom. Cardinal Cast, wizard of e-commerce. That's who he is, bro. Oh my God. I'm so excited for this episode. Um, so, so, so much that we can talk about mystery, man, Wiz, how are you, bro? I'm doing absolutely amazing, homie. How you doing? You know what I love about you, man? Every time I ask you how you are, you always have this like really like enthusiastic answer, which is like such like a, a huge pattern breaker from like the day to day. Like, how you doing? Good, bro. How are you? You know, what, you I mean? know what it is? It's because everyone's living on automation, right? Like whenever you ask me how I'm doing, even if I'm feeling a little lower, I'll let you know with enthusiasm. I'll let you know like raw what is actually going on. Hey, how are you? Isn't something that's supposed to be automated. It's genuinely asking, how you doing, bro? What's going on in your mental state? How you doing? How you doing just overall in life, you know? And then I, I have to answer it just raw, raw. Yeah, you that and like this energy that you have is sort of like it translates across everything. And I'm sure that we're going to go deep and talk about it during this episode. So you're you're a super interesting guy. And I think the thing that makes you interesting is like, number one, you have a, a pretty different way of thinking compared to like everyone else I think that I've talked to, especially in this space. And also you're kind of all over the place. So like you haven't been home in, to your, in Canada for how long? So I've been traveling uh, since 17. I've probably been in Canada for like nine months or a year, realistically, in the past six years. I'm 23 right now. Wow. I think we talked about this a little while ago because earlier this year I was traveling a lot and I couldn't seem to get myself into a state of like, I couldn't get myself into the flow state and when I'm traveling. Because when you're all over the place, like, your brain is focusing on different things. And like when I'm home and I'm comfortable, the only thing that I need to focus on is work. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you stay in that state when you're traveling? Because like, obviously you have like a thousand different businesses <laughs> that you're working on at any given time. Like, what do you do to like stay in the, in the, in the work? So it's broken off into two parts, right? Every country that I go to, like from a more shallow perspective, every country that I go to to live in, I stay for at least three to four months. First thing I do is I buy a desk, I buy a monitor, I buy a mouse pad, a nice chair. I, I get myself into a zone of work, right? I have to make sure that my environment is right. That's the most important thing for me. Um, for me, it's not about the partying. It's none of that. It's, it's to have a beautiful home that is set and ready with, like I'm looking at the view of the ocean right now. I'm on the like 30 something floor and, and 
in a building in Panama. I'm looking at the Pacific fucking ocean right in front of me right now. And I get to lean back on a nice chair and, and talk to you, right? I'm going to work right after this. been up since 6.30 in the morning. I get into a flow and I've only been here for a couple of weeks. I moved into this house literally last week and everything's already set up. I know the routine, right? Things are cyclical. I have to stop acting shocked when, oh my God, I moved to a new country. What am I supposed to be doing? I know what I'm, I'm working on. I know what my priority, priorities are. I know what I have to focus on. And that comes in from my North Star, right? Like I, I work in these like phases, right? Right now, I just started my new phase. It's until August 15th, which is like a 75, 80 day interval of these goals that I'm going to reach. Now, it doesn't matter where the hell I am in the world. It doesn't matter what I'm um, or who I'm going to be seeing. I'll be meeting Barack Obama tomorrow. If I all I care, I, all I know is that no matter what happens, I will be getting everything on my list done. So I just got to get the environment set and right. If I know that I'm staying for a few weeks, I'll go to a co-working space, right? My, my problem is I got a MacBook but my MacBook bloody sucks. I hate it because like the keyboard shit. So I have to bring my keyboards with me and like mouse pads and all this crap with me. So I just find a nice co-working space or, or build my environment in a way that, that brings me peace and happiness with a nice view. Um, and that's it, bro. And I have my goals inside of my mind. They're my North stars. What do you love about traveling? Because like you, it seems like you want to, you want to emulate your at-home setup on the road. Yeah. So <clears throat> do you ever crave like just being home or is there something about you that needs to travel? Of course, no, no. I, I crave I crave a home base. Anywhere in the world can be home for me if the vibe is right. And I was asking a few of my friends this because I'm 23 and I'm looking at other people who are 22 to 25 years old who are making some cash. Do they buy their homes or do they keep traveling, renting, etc.? I spoke to people like Matthew Bolis the other day and a few others as well. And they're like, nah, bro, we, we have our own home that we bought and then they have their investments, etc. And I'm like, I would love to do the same. So I'm in the process of buying my own house right over here because I do miss a home. You know, I do miss having to like, I, I can make my setup look absolutely amazing. I want to personalize it as much as possible. I miss that vibe. I hate having to travel and travel. And but but I crave the experiences. Right. And and something that fucks with me is time. Right. Like I, I feel like 17 was just a few a few months ago. Now I'm 23 years old. I'm, I'm close to 30, you know, and time starts flying by really quickly. And in the moment, it's infinite. But when you look back at things, it seems like it was gone in a blink of an eye. And I remember looking at people like who are like seven years old, like, man, that is that is decades and decades away. I'll never have to experience that. There was this commercial in Canada that would always be like long live the kids. I thought I would always be a kid. And now I'm like, holy crap, life is flying. I can't sit behind my fucking computer all day. I can't sit in Canada and do the same bubble routine that everyone and their mother's doing, talking about the same personality traits, saying, I love Drake. I love this. I love that. Talking like 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 Toronto people, yo fam, wagwan, wiggity wagwan, you know, like. I can't live like that, bro. I have to go and experience the world. I'm out here learning Spanish. I'm talking to people every day. I walk into coffee shops and the owners of the coffee shops know me because I'm befriending people. And, and, and you ask them, but like, like, how do I say this? How do I learn this? I'm going to the beach this weekend on the Caribbean town with some dude that I met at a fucking co-working space. And that's what life's about. Right. That's what life's all about. You got to experience these things. You got to go experience what the world has to offer. Otherwise, what's the point of making money? What's the point of traveling? Right. So that's why I love to travel. Of course, I do miss having my home base, but I would rather at the age that I'm at right now, travel more, get so much experience under my belt, live years and years in the span of a few months. Uh, and and then, yeah, I'll go get a home base afterwards. Wow. So you're so you're really optimizing for like breadth of life. 
yeah, man, you got to demand excellence, bro, right? Like life is way too short and, and, and I already have a couple regrets in life, you know, things that I really regretted doing big, big, big decisions in my life that like, why the fuck would I have done that? And I, it's, it aches, bro. You, you, you toss and turn at nighttime thinking about these, these regrets and it's no way to live having more of these on your plate. Cause I remember at 18, I didn't have these regrets, but in the past four and a half, five years from 18 to 23, like, like once they started growing and started coming into my, my, my subconscious mind and my conscious mind a lot more, started realizing, yeah, bro, this is no way to live. I got to live life to the bloody fullest. I think that's huge, man. And I think like, I think, I, I think we talk about this a lot. Like this is coming up more and more um, because like, there's a, there's a big difference between like um, grinding away uh in order to get some sort of outcome, like spending like 10, 12 hours a day in front of your computer, just like working versus like having sort of like using that as like a means to an end where it's like, there's a season of your life where you're going to grind it out. And then at one point you're going to have the the luxury of doing what you're doing now, where it's like, you're going to buy a house in somewhere in South America. I don't know if you said it already, so I don't want to shout it out, but, um, but yeah, man, like, do you feel like you are out of the grind phase for good or is it just a season of your life where you're taking some more time for yourself i will never be out of the grind phase bro i i despise that i i get irritated when i'm not working because i want to work more i want to create i want to build and i i find the hustle and grind phase to be absolutely stupid there's a difference between that and the trench phase trench phase is you're doing work that is going to help you reach your north star so for example imagine there's a red line right now from left to right right? The left is where you're at right now. Right is where you want to be in a few years. If you're doing random tasks that are just grinding and hustling, trying to get shit done, th those are diverted very far away from the line, right? So now if you try connecting those dots, you're very far away from the, the red line that's in the center. And it takes you years and years and years and years to actually reach where you want to be. So instead, what I like to do is I like to keep the tasks that I'm doing in life as close to the red line as possible to help me reach my North Star as fast as possible. So I, I don't really care for the grinding or the hustling. I, trench work is I love getting my hands dirty, bro. I love being able to sit down, write some fucking copy, create some strategies. Um, um, like I, I like yesterday, I was pacing around back and forth inside of my building, um, trying to figure out what are the next steps for the brand because I'm in a new phase of my life for these next 75, 80 days. What the hell do I want to accomplish? I will always be building. I will always crave. Uh, it's like an obsession internally, internally to bring something beautiful to the world to create something that everyone will need everyone will benefit from and it will help people become the best versions of themselves right I, I don't think that will ever be over i think even when i'm 60 70 like i will still sometimes live in the fucking office just to create something that's in my head and bring something to reality how beautiful is that we're human beings we're conscious physical human beings who have an idea that we can literally fathom in our minds that we can start bringing to reality uh, through, through a vision Right. And I, I don't I don't want to waste that potential that I have because I love my visions that I have and I love being able to bring them to to light. So, yeah, that's that's basically it. I know that you mentioned you don't want to talk about your story because we've all heard that um, you did an excellent podcast with Chase Diamond, which I think I've probably listened to like five or six times over the last year or two. Um, but I, I am interested in, in where this mentality came from. Like, do you think. Like, is this something that your your parents gave you or is this something that you, you kind of had like a moment when you were like in your teens when you first started doing business? Like, or is it something that is relatively new where it's like within the last year or two, you've kind of turned into this like optimization monster 
in the best way possible. Like what, what, it, what is that to you? So as humans, we're just an accumulation of all of our past experiences, who we are right now, subconsciously and consciously, right? Every experience that we've had in life slowly connected. It's like the butterfly effect slowly started building up together. And all of a sudden we became who we are. Uh, I don't think it was one real instant. I can pinpoint a few situations that made me really realize like, like, fuck, man, what the hell are you doing in your life? This is, this is no way to live. And it was mainly me living on autopilot for the first few years of my life. You know, something just feels off in life. Something feels like this is a lot more simple than we thought. Like if you look back at past and all the cycles of history from all of the big empires um, of like uh, of all the way to where we are right now, we're going through the same patterns over and over again. We reach these highs and we fall off. We reach these highs and we fall off. These people are dying in these wars. These people are, are unfulfilled. There's all this hunger. There's all this hunger in the world. I'm like, bro, all of this is fucking cyclical, right? We're going through the same shit over and over expecting different results, which is the definition of insanity said by um, Albert Einstein. So I'm trying to figure out ways when I'm younger to really do things in life differently, to, to live it to its fullest. And I had this one uh, uncle, right? My, my cousin as well. My cousin's my best friend. We've been on this journey together since we were like six years old, right? He's from the Dominican, really cool, cool guy. And we had his dad was very, very wealthy. And one day we're at Saturday night, we're like 11 years old. Um, him and I are just tired of everything. We're working for some reason, building fucking signs in a basement uh, in, in, my, in my uncle's um, office. And we're creating these signs together. And we're like, well, fuck this, man. What the hell are we doing with our lives building signs? Do you think we're going to do this our entire lives? We're making a couple bucks, right? Because we're kids, right? We're like, yeah. What the hell are we doing? This is no way to live. Uh, when we see my uncle driving around in a Rari, putting in his work, and he really instilled this into our lives. He's like, bro, I, he, none of us are getting anything handed out. He's walking around with a quarter million watch collection, Raris, everything that you can imagine. And, and I'm looking at him. And I'm like, bro, he's forcing us to do all of this grunt work. For what reason? And I, at first, I wasn't jealous. I was just mad at him. I'm like, how come he gets to, to live lavishly, but he makes us do all the bitch work? Then I realized hearing his story, he actually did the bitch and the grunt work for, for years on top of years. And he's like, that's what builds the character. So my cousin and I were in the basement making these signs and we're laughing at each other. We're like, bro, we're not going to be no average Joe. That's the like the phrase that's stuck in our head. We're not going to be no average Joe making a couple bucks our entire lives. This is no way to bloody live. How are we supposed to afford a Ferrari? And we just started getting addicted. Like we would go and buy chocolates at dollar store and go to a wealthy rich area and go and try selling that for two or three bucks. And we will go buy Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. We would have this like hustle mindset since we were a kid. I know I know, I said I don't like the hustle mindset, but at the same time it was as the, when you're a child because I wanted to make the money as quickly as possible to buy something that I wanted. And early on, I realized I can make money and buy anything. I bought a dirt bike when I was like 10 years old, bought an ATV when I was like 11. I bought an entire gaming setup with money I made, surround sound, two, three monitors, a foosball table, everything in my fucking basement, dope ass fucking sofa. My dad, my dad couldn't afford to do any of this for us. We couldn't even afford to do sports. We're on the, we're on the verge of going into bankruptcy every single year because we got scammed by a family member, but we always figured out a way to make some blood cash and that's been my addiction bro so it's, it's kind of all of these accumulated situations and experience points added together that really fueled it then when i flew to pakistan um and i and i lived there for for a few years i stayed there for four months at a time when and then i would come back for a few weeks and travel etc but when i was there and i booked no way home like there was no way i can book a way home unless we started making money i lived in an eight by eight room in my bloody office bro world war three 
Mason could have been happening. No one, I wouldn't have fucking known anything going on in the world. My, all I could care about is how can I make these bloody brands work seven days a week? I would pace around in my office. If I can find the footage, I'll find the footage. I'm skinny. I'm six foot one. I was just obsessed with creating what I wanted to create. And, and bro, it's like, it's like I was living multiple lives over and over again. I think that was all my foundations to actually be obsessed with what I'm doing in life. You still talk to your uncle? Of course, absolutely. Bro, I talk with everyone. Like, no matter what the beef is, I got as many people, unless someone really does me like dirty, uh, I, I talk to everyone basically. I mean, I mean more so like, do you do you now look at him as as basically an equal where it's like, hey, listen, like I used to fucking make signs for you. I used to I used to be doing your bitch work. And now we are on almost the same level. Like, do oh, you not even close? Has that popping? Is he, is he actually, well, like, yeah, I think, looking, popping, yeah. I, I, I think sometimes I look forward to, um, like being, you know, where I'm at in 30 years when I'm in my fifties and whether it's my kids or my brother's kids, or even just someone else who's kind of in the family that like, uh, has this like entrepreneurial mindset. Like I, I hope one day that, um, I can be sort of like a mentor to someone in the family uh, and sort of guide them with the expertise that I've gained over time. Like, is, is that the relationship now? Like, do you talk about business? Do you talk about ideas? Like we, we're, we're in different fields, right? We're in completely different fields. So like the overall like concept of like leadership and, and automations and systemizations that yeah, we can talk about those, but when it comes to like the worlds that we're in for like acquisition and retention and like subscription models and LTV versus what he's in is completely different. But I do agree with you though. And, and being able to mentor someone from the bloodline, that's mainly the objective, right? My end objective is what takes me 30, 40 years in my life to figure out and discover and create I want my offsprings or my, my, my children or family, like my sister's kids or my brother's kids or someone in my family's kids. I want them to learn what I learned in 40 years in 10. You know, I want them to have my, even less if possible. I want them to have my mind as soon as possible. So I'm creating an encyclopedia of my mind, right? I have like 18, 20 books of my life so far of what's worked, what's going on in my journey. Um, what, what barriers am I going through right now? And how am I going to overcome them? I went through them all and I'm going to share it. I'm going to share the main lessons with them and try instilling it into their life. So they understand how to live through life without being stressed, without following, falling down the same rabbit holes as the rest of society. So then they can carry out this legacy and do what they want based off of a similar vision as myself and we can continue creating for the world generationally bro it's generational growth the way you talk about business is so inspiring bro and like i've i've talked to a lot of people about this like most people don't know this but like we we had um we worked together at the end of last year and even in the beginning of this year um uh i i think like you have this perspective on on business that is just so like refreshing because like most people really only focus focus on acquisition. Like how do I get more customers? How do I get more money into the business? But you seem like a product guy where you are always iterating on systems and procedures. And um, you're, you're talking about how to build a team and like how to keep people happy. You have experience with that. Um, like that's just, that's new to me which is really cool. And like, I'm kind of figuring out all of that stuff, like as I go, uh, but you're one of the few people that actually talks about that. Like, when did you start to realize how important 
SOPs are and systemizing things and like overall, like things that are just going to save you and your team time to make everything streamlined, whether it's an agency or a brand or a software, where did that come from? So my ex-business partner, when I was flying out to Pakistan, I dropped him off to the airport a day earlier than myself, right? A day, one day earlier, and I went to the airport the next day to fly from Toronto, YYZ to ISB, Islamabad. And um, before, I asked him, like, is there any advice, like while I'm dropping him off, is there any advice you want to give me before I come? He's like, figure out your vision. I'm like, what the fuck the fuck does this mean, right? He's like, figure out your vision. What do you want to create when you're here with us? And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm trying to solve it. I'm like, a vision, I could figure this out. I'm going on Google um, and, and saving articles before I get on the airplane of how to actually create a vision. I'm coming up with these basic statements. And I'm like, that's not a vision, bro. And within my first three weeks of being in Pakistan, I felt I was like I was there for years, bro, for years and three weeks. My cousin messages me um, and he's like, um, he's like, yo, man, how, how was the journey? I'm like, bro, I have cried. I've broken down. I've ripped out my mind. I'm trying to figure out how to make money. And I realized money is not all it because we'll make the money and I'll still be stressed. What the hell is going on here? And I realized, well, it's the team's expectations. It's the happiness of everyone else around me. It's being able to automate the shit that should not be stressing us out. We're living and doing the same recurring stuff. Majority of the times, 80% of business is recurring and automated tasks. The rest is testing out new stuff and then finding ways to automate the new stuff as well. And I'm thinking, I'm like, how the hell can we to systemize this? How can I make the team happier? And that's when I started getting addicted into SOPs. I realized everything's an SOP. I had an office in Canada as well, which was like a warehouse. We had like a photo shoot area. We had a um, we had like like our, the product supply that we had because we had like a few different products of like essential oils and all that stuff. Um, and on top of that, we also had a basketball court. And I'm like SOPs, SOPs. I'm trying to learn more about this concept. And I realized well, everything. Even when I'm playing basketball, I'm doing a layup. There's a specific way to do the layup to get it in at different different uh, uh, situations. I'm like, bro, everything in life is an SOP. The way I'm making an egg in the morning is an SOP. You know, there's systems for everything. There's SOPs for everything. And 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 I started connecting it back to my childhood. I'm like, bro, like SpongeBob, for example, dude builds a Krabby Patty from beginning to end. That's a system. But the Krabby Patty secret formula is an SOP. I'm like, it's the secret sauce to actually make it work. And I'm like, everything in life becomes an SOP. So I started becoming very addicted to that. And I'll be honest, but I'm better operationally than I am as a marketer. Marketer takes more creativity in the, in the mix. But like, um, for example, I'm studying propaganda right now. I'm reading this book called Propaganda by Edward Bernays. And he's talking about how um, propaganda is basically, if you look at it from a scientific point of view, it's just you figuring out all the avenues you can take to reach a client's or the prospect's eyes. And your goal is to make those experience points as memorable as possible. They're called touch points, right? But I know how to define those experience points. I know how to define every one of those avenues. I've been doing this for years, but what do I actually, what is that messaging? What is that creativity that's involved? That's where the marketing comes in. And I'm not the best at that. So I'm like, okay, if I hire people who are better than me, they could fill in those blanks for me. Let me let them, let me help them see the visual from like a, a bird's eye point of view of every step that, which is systems and SOPs, and then let them fill in the blanks for me. And that's where, that's where like my systems ideas came into play. That's where my leadership ideas came into play. And that's where I started focusing on those rather than just making the money. You actually broke a belief for me when we worked together. Uh, this was like probably end of October that I had this. And like around that point was before I started this agency that I'm doing now, I was still a freelance copywriter. My business model was all over the place. And 
Um, I realized very quickly, like how much more you knew about what I was doing than I did, even though I had spent like a year and a half at that point. Um, like, it, like you said, in the trenches, like I was obsessed with like trying to be the best copywriter, but my belief that was like really, really holding me back was that I was the only person that could fulfill on this thing that I was offering to clients and that I was never going to get off out of fulfillment because I was the key man, essentially, yeah. which is terrible because that's not true. Um, and I've realized that now with like, at this point, I am 98% out of fulfillment in the day to day. And my job is now just to do kind of what you've been talking about this whole time, where it's like, you're not actually like when you build, for example, when you build an agency, you may start out in fulfillment, but like after a certain point, you create these systems, SOPs and tasks, which is how you break it down. So it's like, what is it? Um, yeah. So it's system and then SOP on that level and then task below that. Right. Um, yeah, it was system tasks and SOPs. SOPs based off the individual tasks for that specific step of the system. Right. That's right. And so now that's, that's what I get to do. And it's like completely changed my view of business where it's like you, you are a builder and your job as an entrepreneur is to solve problems. Um, did, did you have to figure that out kind of the hard way when you were building your agency? Sure. I, you had your email marketing agency that did like, you said it got up to 10 K a month in 30 days, which is wild. Yeah. So basically the way that this all worked was, um, first things first is trusting your team, right? Because like you are your biggest bottleneck, but you're also your biggest competitive advantage. If you use your skills correctly, like you said, you get kind of nervous. Like how can you trust someone else to deliver results when you think that you're the only person who can do this? It becomes difficult. Well, that's where SOPs come in. SOPs are created where it's your own secret sauce. They can, they can copy the style, but the sauce, like I've saw this video, the sauce, the sauce is something that only you have, right? That's where your SOPs come in, where you you can take your mind and and explain it like you're explaining it to a fifth grader and put it on a paper and explain it to other people. But you got to also be willing to be patient with individuals when you hire out for this. Right. Um, so I would hire out um, and I would teach them. For example, I just hired someone out to write out my Twitter thread. It's been a month and a half. She's not the best, best, like a million percent right now, but she's sitting at like 75, 80 percent of the way there. I've given her my SOPs. I'm helping her, but experience is going to come in, too. So like you got to kind of put ego aside as you're scaling and think about scalability at all times. If you're always going to be the main uh, source of value for your business, it's never going to really scale. Then you're kind of just like shooting yourself in the foot. Always think about scalability. To scale, you have to hire the right people. When you hire the right people, and if you have amazing competitive advantages, use that into an, create that into an SOP, and get that SOP out to your new hire, teach it to them, train them, get that individual on board and help them master um, um, the skill through experience, through failure, and and not solving the problem for this. I remember I had a big, massive team meeting in Pakistan. I had 75 employees, okay? In Pakistan, I think there was like 55. And I, I had all the people, I'm talking the, de the developer team, there was like 21 full stack devs who were on the team with us, 21 or 23. Then I had the marketers come out. I had the people who were doing some of the grunt work come out, every single person. And I'm there without shoes, stressed out out of my mind, pacing back and forth in my office in my Pakistani shawar kameez, which is like the Pakistani clothing. And I'm pacing back and forth. My hair looks like I look like Albert Einstein all over the place. And I'm looking at everyone and I'm like, guys, you guys aren't messing up. I messed up. I fucked up. I'm forfeiting. I'm, I'm allowing you guys to give me 
okay work. And I'm saying, okay, let me fix the rest myself. Right. And I'm at a point where I'm like, that's not scalable. I'm fixing everyone's work. I'm fixing the copy. I'm fixing the design. I'm giving feedback on everything. I'm like, that's not scalable. The business would never run without me. And isn't the point of being an entrepreneur to, to have the freedom, isn't it to, to be able to take a step back after you put in the work and sacrifice initially. So I'm like, it wasn't working. So I spoke to the entire team. I, and I started teaching them. I started asking them the right questions when they showed me work. So they would solve the problems themselves. I empowered them. And that's basically the gist of scalability, right? You got to empower them. You got to have your SOPs, put them out on a paper, teach the team, empower them, get them to do the work themselves. And then you're able to take a step back and that's how things are able to scale. Otherwise no one's passing 20, 25 K a month away. Without uh, an, an actual team of thinkers, how do you know who you're hiring? Like when you're do you when you interview people or in your vetting process, like what do you look for when you're looking for a person that you know you're going to be able to train and you know is going to be able to think on behalf of whatever company you're building with that person? Bro, a thinker. That's all. That's all that matters is a thinker, right? I, I've I've had people on my team who so all they do is bring up problems and problems and problems. If you show me a problem without a solution, I'm sorry, but I don't give a flying fuck, right? If you're gonna come to me and say this is not right, this is not how we're supposed to be doing this, this is not scalable. This is okay. What's your what's your solution? Like, what are you trying to tell me? Why are you pushing me in a circle of problem after problem? I notice how people are inside of the interviews. I show them examples of the situation. I, I give them homework. For example, I just hired someone for the Utopia for a community manager. Girl is amazing at what she does. Her name is Irene. Fucking phenomenal at what she does. And she came to me by showing me work that she had an idea of for the Utopia before I hired her. Then I jump in a call with her. I'm like, wow, this is really good. And I gave her homework, right? Because I'm like, you know what? I would be interested in hiring you. So I gave her some homework. She came to me and I showed her problems and only problems. She came to me with more problems and solutions for the extra problems. I'm like, this, this is it, you know? And, and Gary Vee says it best. Hiring is guessing. Firing is knowing because some people are great at NLP. Some people are great at sales. Some people are great at selling themselves, but they are toxic when you get them in the work environment. And one bad egg will ruin, ruin, ruin. It's like having mold on something. It would ruin the rest of the team. So you have to be very careful if they don't align with your, your company's core values and the vision doesn't matter if they're a 15 out of 10 worker doesn't matter if they're amazing at what they do if they do not do not align with the team's core values and where we're trying to bring the company they will ruin everything so i look for thinkers people who problem solve people who actually know how to take action and value people who are sometimes for creative people i like looking pe for people who are who are very close keep close attention to detail and at the exact same times people who actually believe in our vision and would be with us long term and then i reciprocate and i give back every person on my team gets gets clients from me. I make sure that they're scaling their businesses. I make sure that I'm helping them and they stay loyal. All my team members that I've had, I haven't, I had no one's quit from my, my team within the past two years. Every single individual, when I started this Wiz brand, I've fired. I've fired multiple, multiple people. I've taken equity back. I fired, I got in all of this crap, but the team members who are loyal, who I've put in the work, um, bro, they're staying, bro. And they're going to keep on getting more clients. And that's, that's the way it works. That's crazy. You, you, so you have people on your team, no matter what role they are, they're doing, they're, they're driving growth as well. Yeah, uh, basically I hire out. So the way I like to do things is I like to test a new system. 
I like to have a new idea. I test the system. If it shows that there's possible growth and validation and that, that I can actually make some money off of this, I create a system for it of like an eight step system that I hire out or I give it to a specific team member to do it for me. And then they start continuously doing it and adding it to their recurring schedule. And that's basically it. So I hire based off of things that actually move the needle based off of the departments in my companies. For example, e-com has a few different departments. We have CRO department. What do you do in CRO? Well, we do site speed. We do website setups. We do um, website optimization, right? Um, now I hire one CRO individual who is an expert over there that if I see some Something working on a specific website, I ask them to implement it for me and they make it live. Same principle applies for my email marketers on the department of email marketing. I basically come up with systems and goals for each of the departments and they start implementing it and seeing if it works. And then now I'm at a point where they're now coming to me with ideas. They're coming with to me with, with new system possibilities that they want to implement. And then they make the systems, they test it out um, after my approval. And then, and then we just, we start automating. And now that like, it's not just growth, it's also retention. It's also going to be customer experience. It's also going to be um, um, the logistical side of things, the boring shit, the admin work that no one likes to do, right? So it's all beyond growth, but I like keeping a lean team, like a full, full transparency. The 75 employees, that was a vanity metric. It was futile. We could have done the same damage with 23, 25 employees. And I would preach this. And that was one of the reasons I left the partnership. It was futile. We had people to keep them busy, but we weren't doing anything. Lean team, um, less revenue, more profits. That, that, that's what matters in my opinion. 100%. So let's, let's back up from business a little bit. I want to talk to you about more about the way that you live your life. And um, you have a lot of business mentors. I know you've worked for Tony Robbins before. I know you've worked for some of the really, really big entrepreneurs, like kind of even in this space. Um, who, do you have a life mentor? Like, do you look up to people and think like, I love the way that person lives life, whether it's traveling or whether it's their values do you have a person like that for life? So good question. I don't actually, I have, I have multiple people like, bro, I look up to you for your charisma and your wit, you know, every individual who I know, I look up to people who have things that I would love to add to my own arsenal of personality traits. Right. Cause that's all a, a thing about it. what are friends? Friends are people you can test on new personality traits with, right? That's all it is. And friends have are people who have similar personality traits as you. That's who your best friend is. Someone who is exactly like you is your best friend, right? So that's the same principle with, with life. If I look at people who, who someone, who's in the real estate space and I admire the way that they uh, are able to close deals or sales, I'm like a sponge and I'll absorb that and take the best traits and implement that into my life and pay homage to them, right? So some people are, are like, I don't have a specific life mentor, but I love to pick and choose things from other people's lives who live things similar to how I want to live. For example, Genghis Khan, right? I'm not, I'm not looking at, I don't want to become Genghis Khan, you know, like I don't want, um, actually it'd be pretty cool to have one eighth of the world um, uh, part of Wiz, but... <laughs> Um, but um, like Genghis Khan had some cool stuff. Like, what the fuck possessed this dude to believe he could take over the world? I wanna, I wanna have that mentality inside of my brain. Mike Tyson as well too. This guy was ruthless, right? No matter what happens, he was immovable, right? He, from his eyes, he was like, like he had this the, the this phrase. He's like, I was impregnable, impregnable, right? Like nothing could come near him, nothing could touch him, nothing could face him of whatsoever. I thought it was phenomenal. So I have. I, I look up to people of, of multiple different avenues of my life that can help better me for my own North stars. That's how it works. I like that. I think that's a great way to look at it. I talk about always like whether it's business or, or it's in life. I talk about like making yourself a quilt 
of like the best traits of everyone that that you can find like for me yeah, beautiful. i want to i want to be like for my copywriting mentor is daniel throssell i've never actually talked to him i think maybe he's responded to an email before that i've responded to like one of his newsletters but like that's the style i really love in terms of sales my partner david is a hell of a salesman he can talk to anybody he's got insane charisma insane confidence he can close anything in terms of operations i look to you and i think like if i can spend a little bit of time whether it's a few months or like maybe a few years working on that one skill and trying to get as good as as someone else that i look up to then like when you have this skill stack where it's like the best of like a greatest hits of like everybody that you look up to like i think that's the best way to do it that's wisdom, bro. That's all wisdom, right? You you put your ego aside and you're you're willing to listen to other people's uh, advice and their failures, what they did wrong, what they did right. So what took them 10 years will take you like six to eight months to a year, right? That's that's the move, bro. That's like, I'm talking old people. I'm talking young people, mistakes. Like for example, you and I right now, we can go be partying. We can go be buying the flashy cars. We could be doing anything we want, but like, like people like you and I have learned from other people's mistakes. That's why like I'm building a safety net, right? Like I, I can go and buy a McLaren, a Lambo right now. I can go fuck around. Uh, I can go and buy a really kick-ass multi-million dollar house for the shits and giggles, but I'm not. Instead, I'm going and picking up um, multiple units and multiple homes for a safety net. I'm putting seven figures into the markets on purpose as safety nets, right? Into like blue chip stocks and and blue chip crypto coins. And then of course, fucking around with NFTs, but I'm trying to build safety nets all around me. So then I could start living soon. It's just wisdom, right? It's the same thing that we're talking about right here. We learn from other people's mistakes and lessons and, and we, we absorb that like sponges into our own lives. And bro, we're just demanding excellence. We're not making the same stupid mistakes as other people, which is futile. Why, why, why live a life uh, of, of stupid mistakes doesn't make any sense absolutely uh, you're so do you think is business on your mind 24 7 or do you have do you have, a, you have good business pardon me 24 7 i will wake up at 2 30 in the morning and i'll think about ideas for what i gotta be building it's it's an obsession bro business is man obsession obsession how do you unwind or do you yeah, of course I unwind. I unwind, but I bring my notebook basically with me everywhere. I call them thinking days. Uh, we used to take our team to the Himalayan mountains in Pakistan, uh, all like all the executives together, and we would have no internet there. We would be surrounded by some of the top highest peaks in the world, um, and we would have no internet. We would just chill with the prince of like some of these areas, um, and I would just have my fucking book with me, and that was it. You know, I would, I would be disconnected from the world, but I would enjoy my notebook and my pen and my thoughts and 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 the world like i can when, when you and i chill when i come back to toronto and we link up you're gonna see me look at a tree and smile right like the, I, I have to i just stay present right stay as present as possible so there's nothing that can really phase me as much and i think tate talks about this best he talks about how he can flick himself on and off into specific states he, he listens to sad music and then he tries getting out of those states quickly right it's basically reducing the amount of time it takes you to get out of a bad state so um, realistically when i'm in business i'm not in a bad state when i'm out with my friends i will never ever and ask anyone you can ask shoppreneur you can ask Kaz. you got all these guys i'm never on my fucking phone i'm just there presently listening enjoying life and that's it i don't really need to unwind because i'm unwinded whenever i'm away from my computer and whenever i have an idea it just pops up and i could write it down in my book it's it's like a harmony bro the only time i've ever smiled at a tree and started laughing was when i was on mushrooms 
Are you a psychedelic guy? Yeah, I do like my psychedelics. I haven't tripped in a while in like probably two and a half years, um, but I do love my psychedelics. What do you get out of that? I, I go in with an intention. I used to do it recreationally for the fucks of it with my cousins and stuff, and it was stupid, right? Um, but my main objective out of it is either to, if I'm in a slump and I'm stuck into something for too long, I trip. If I'm in, and this is guys like, do not do it. Like do your own due diligence, blah, blah, blah. Don't just listen to us over here. Do please do your own due diligence. But I, I would do it whenever I'm in, I'm in a slump and stuck in the same area for too long. And I'm trying to figure out how to find a solution, but I can't, it's like, it's outside of my own internal paradigm. So I go and trip. Um, number two is if I have a massive win and a massive discovery, I want to feel good. I want to, I want to be extra grateful. That's another one. And the other one is when I have to change something internally. Like I look at psychedelics, like an onion, right? Like your mind's like an onion. You have eight layers inside of your mind. Um, the, the, and inside of those layers, the first two layers are your conscious mind. And then the other six layers of your, are your unconscious, uh, off a of psychedelic, you can go to the deepest root, the deepest layer and start changing the way that you think and your habits. And you understand why you act the way you act and I like looking in deep into those and I like calling myself out there's this quote that I read like four years ago uncompromising self-honesty leads to everlasting transformation and I have that written on every whiteboard I've ever bought uh, inside of all of my books and whenever I trip before I do the trip I write out all of the the toxic traits that I have that I have to overcome like I'm too addicted to my phone or I'm scrolling through Twitter too much or um, I haven't been experienced life enough right and I write these out and when I trip I go going with the intention to overcome these barriers. I, I put my ego aside. I tell myself, fuck it. Um, that is not me. I don't have to walk in and say, but that's just the way I am, bro. That's just, that's just the life I'm living fam. Nah, man, that's how God made me. Fuck that, bro. Fuck that shit, man. I'll do whatever the hell I want. I'll change up my personality traits in a week if I want. You know, if, if, if it helps me reach my end North stars, I will add and subtract personality traits and habits into my life until I reach that point. And that's what psychedelics helped me to do. I don't need a trip anymore. I haven't done it in two and a half years. I figured out the pattern. I figured out how to go deep rooted into my own mind, my own variation of this and change these habits, change these routes and, and the way that my mind works whenever the hell I need. And, and then I just have to reduce the amount of time it takes me to get into those states. And that's, that's the magic now. That's beautiful. I, I love that you go in with an intention because I think Always. that's that people miss a lot. Um, and it's like, it's crazy how like, and I, I may have talked about this. So forgive me for the listeners. If anyone has heard me say this before, but like, it's crazy to me how people consider psychedelics like a party drug. Like, Holy. I, I can't, bro. I can't. Maybe, maybe it's just you and I, because we've, we've talked about this before. We're both fairly introverted, fairly reflective, and we're always thinking about how we can, like, optimize ourselves. We spend a lot of time in our heads. It's not a bad thing. But I think, like... Oh, we're, just, we're just doing some spring cleaning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like, at this point in my life, I actually, I'm, I'm pretty scared of going back to psychedelics like I've, I've tried mushrooms once and it brought a lot of things to the forefront for me that i was avoiding um and it was scary because i didn't like because you don't see that shit and like it gives you and you know what it did for me is like the way that i was living my life at the time um i i was like about a, th a third of the way or two-thirds of the way into the trip and i was in the shower and I was just thinking about like, it became very vivid, like what my life would look like if I kept doing the things that I'm doing when I'm like 40 or something like, um, it's the loop. It's the yeah. loop. And I've noticed that you, I think you probably noticed this too. When you're on a trip, 
And you're like, wait, I already had this thought before on this trip. And I realized, wow, I was going through the same 15 thoughts over and over again in my life, family, relationships, spirituality, uh, monetarily. That was my loop. And I'm like, wow, every 38 minutes, whatever the time was, I was going back to the same thoughts, right? And I couldn't figure out, like, like, how is this any way to live, staying in the same loop over and over, thinking about what other people are thinking about me, friends who I thought were friends, energy, people who are draining my energy. I'm like, I'm going through this fucking loop. You cannot live life in a loop. You have to be able to do things spontaneously, to live happily, to be able to, to like, get out of your comfort zone, bro. But the loop is, is the rabbit hole that you fall down. It is a toxic, scary place. It really is, man. And like, sometimes that's the push that you need. Like, yeah. I think like being scared into doing something or out of doing something is like one of the greatest motivators, like, because it's primal. It's like you fear yeah. for your life. And my thing at the time, cause like, and this is back, I think this was September, or maybe late or early October, 2020, where um, I didn't really have any like really solid friendships, like people I could really rely on. And I was just like in the shower thinking like, yo, if I, if I don't go out and like create a circle of people that I really trust, I never will. And I'm going to be in my forties. It doesn't matter how much money I have. Cause I, I never thought about like going back and being poor again when I was like, when I was tripping, I, I think that's just not a worry of mine. Um, but the thing was like, I'm going to be fucking 40 one day and I'm going to have like, I'm going to have no people that I can call friends of mine, which like was the worst possible thought ever. Like worse than worse than being broken, living in a ditch. Like that was the worst thought. And I think like that was the moment that it became very clear to me that like really the only thing that matters in life is relationships with people. That is like, it doesn't matter if you're introverted or extroverted. That is one thing that is absolutely necessary for survival, for mental well-being, for and it and it's a gradient. So it's like that's on the one end where it's like those are your necessities of life. And as you sort of progress across that spectrum, it just like it becomes less of a necessity and more of like this is where good connections will take you. Like yeah. it'll grow your business. It'll give you access to things that you never thought you could have. It'll make certain elements of your life more enjoyable. Like if you want to go on a trip with one of your friends, and I mean a trip on vacation, not like another fucking psychedelic trip. Um, and so I think like that was the moment it became very real for me. And like without mushrooms, I wouldn't have figured that out. But I also think like right now is I just don't want to touch that shit. I don't yeah, know. Me too. I I, I've avoided them. I'm avoiding them as much as possible too. Yeah, because like. I don't, I don't want to know what else is wrong right now because I'm too busy doing other shit. Maybe that's like a terrible way to look at it. Um, but I like, mean, I mean, I know where you're at right now, you know, mentally, I know where you're at monetarily and you're doing, bro, God bless you're doing very good. Right. I don't think you need to look at the wrongs right now. Cause you still have a lot of room, um, to scale right all around to demand excellence across every avenue of your life. I think you keep continue doing what you're doing. Even my case right now, right. There's so much more room, so much more space to actually reach my next milestones before I actually really feel stuck, you know? So I don't think it's necessary right now. Here's a question for you. Do you think that as you grow in business, your friends get older and older than you? Like, or do you find yourself spending more time with people that are like 
more advanced either in age most mostly in age like do you spend time with people your own age or do you find that you jive better with people that are older than you bro i drive way better with people older than me if it wasn't like even money twitter i don't talk to anyone consistently i talk to you mason more than i talk to anyone anyone you and shoppreneur the only two people i really talk to right i'm homies with everyone you know i i have respect for everyone but there's just not any real clicks right i click more with people who are older than me it's always been the same right like I, i'm gonna go like I, I call up my grandparents almost weekly and i just listen to them you know i listen to their stories i, I talked to my ex-business partner i had a call with him the other day i had a call with the owner of ad world the other day i love listening i love being a student you know i love being able to learn from other people's experiences i find that beautiful i want to hear stories you know but people my age don't really aren't really the best storytellers right now because they haven't experienced enough people be like yo fam bro i just like piped this baddie i just walked up to her bro and like and like and like and like and they'll go like would use the word like a million and one times and that's their story right like but you hear you hear someone with wisdom who's experienced stuff who's seen life in their own perspective and and got had like there's infinite perspectives in the world and you see some individual for example i went to morocco one of the favorite 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 experiences I've ever been through inside of that part of the world was speaking to Atlas, Dentes Leo. Dude was just telling me about culture and history, some of the most beautiful stories I've ever heard. He's older than me and I'm sitting back just listening. He's not that much older, by the way, but I'm sitting back and listening and I'm like, wow, bro, like this is what life is truly about, being able to travel, drink some nice Moroccan tea because I'm in that country and hear other people's stories. Like, uh, bro, I, I, I connect way better with people older than me. What's your criteria for a good friend? Like you have a kind of a criteria for everything. Do you have a criteria laid out for what you look for in a person that you're going to spend time with? I mean, I can't, I don't really have criteria or like an SOP for that. I just like, if, if I finish a conversation with more energy, like I do with you, you will be my homie. And if you do not backstab me, if you show gratitude, you know what I mean? Like you help me and I help you, but you show me gratitude and I show you gratitude. You know, some people just take what they, what they get and they just, they, they take all the ideas and they'll never talk to you again. If you ask them for advice to give you the most shallow advice, but you move mountains for them. I don't like that. You know, that that's, that's not good energy, right? The, the, um, and Atlas Dentes Leo says it's best. Friendships are an exchange. You're exchanging something for something that's what a friendship is i'm not talking monetarily or anything you you exchange stories you exchange value you exchange experiences with each other so you learn from other people bro that's what a friendship is so if i finish the the conversation with energy or or the, the other individual is inclusive in the conversation and open then I, those are the people i i vibe with bro i love that i think there's yeah there's like a, a certain element of it, it's a, a bit of a mystery like what we love about people and like, this is my, this is honestly something I've learned from you. Like, dude, you don't understand. Like I think of everything in fucking code, like my entire brain, I think it's because I spent so much time in Clavio and shit last year <laughs> and like making shit inside Notion where it's like, I think of if thens like everywhere in my life. Yeah. It's so, it's so stupid. And so like, I think like good relationships is one thing that I can't just figure out. Like sometimes people just have a, a thing that you just don't know what it is. And that's why you jive with them. Like, yeah. to be honest, like, I know why I jive with you. Like, I know why we get along is because like, you find the same shit funny that I find funny. Um, and also like, I, I learn a shit ton from you. And, um, and it's also kind of cool. Like it, to me, like you're still a celebrity, bro. I don't know if you know this, but like, I look to you and I'm like, Wiz of Ecom is famous. Like you are famous, bro. And it's just going to get bigger. Um, 
Which, by the way, do you? I know you have business goals, but do you have like fame goals? Like, do you want to be famous? Bro, I'm barely anonymous. Like everyone's like, bro, you're anonymous. No one knows. <laughs> bro, so many people know me. It's not even about the anonymity. For me, it's the mystique. You know, I like it's part of the as the brand now, right? But I I do not like um, being like quote unquote famous. I do not like having my face out there and everyone know who I am. Um, that's never the goal, right? My goal is is money and escape from the world have like a real real nice fat plot of land my parents live somewhere my girl's parents live nearby families all near there you know that's just a life I, I don't really care for being famous um if my my name gets out fuck it so be it but like I've, i'll still keep with the whiz brand it's just it's really cool to to have this sort of mystique people can imagine me as anything they want to imagine you know i think that's the fun part but there's no way i'll ever be famous like I, I like my, my end goal in life is this. Um, my end goal is something that I spoke to my girl about, and she helped me define this a lot better. Is your objective in life? My objective is to impact a billion lives positively. But what the hell does that mean? Well, if you look back at life and you see all of the main points in your life that helped you get to where you are today, like the main checkpoints, right? For example, Mason, you and I had a conversation last year in October that helped you overcome a limiting belief, right? That's a checkpoint in your life. My goal in life is to be, uh, they're called clues. Like I want to be a clue in someone's life to help them become the best version. So when they look back, something I taught, an ideology, something I introduced them to, whatever, is a positive clue in their life that helped them become the best version of themselves possible. Now, it does not have to be me. Right. I don't give a crap if it, I don't give a rat's ass if it's me. I don't want it be like, oh, my God, whiz did this because that's just pure ego. Right. I can be anonymous. I can die and no one knows who I am. But if it's something that I taught to help make the world a better place, to make people happier, to make people more fulfilled, to make people actually live a life they deserve to live. Because like the fact that you're even conscious right now and you're living and breathing, but you're living in a scarcity mindset baffles me. There's no way people should be living how they are right now. So I want to I want to be a positive hint in people's lives without having my face out there so yeah i want to avoid being famous as much as possible so so you don't want to be famous but the whiz of ecom brand do you think that at this point like with what you want to do that's inevitable yeah it has to be right uh, the what's it called it's just influence, right? Influence is necessary at the end of the day. I have to have as many avenues as possible to the public eye, right? And that's YouTube, that's Twitter, that's paid ads, everything. I need to have as many avenues as possible if you actually want to make money online. That's the truth, right? So, and and I'm great, grateful to God for this. I'm really connected with God is I have... Um, the enthusiasm to be able to do this. And I'm able to help people because I grow with energy when I help people. So I'm able to leverage myself as the personal brand initially. So yeah, for, for sure, the Wiz brand will probably be a little bit more famous than it is right now soon. Um, I want to I talk to you about what you just said about your relationship with God. And I think like, this is something that like, I think kind of shines through in everything you say. Um, I, I am not, an atheist. I do believe that there is a thing that is greater than us. That's all. That's all I can really say. I can't stick to one particular religion, uh, but I know for a fact that like humans are not the greatest thing that exists in this universe. What does your relationship with God look like? Um, how? Or, yeah. How does that work? And what do you what do you get out of that? The peace I have 
the 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 stress free living I have as much as stress free as possible comes in from the trust within God's divine plan, right? It's divinity, right? And in Arabic we call it the wakkal. Everything is basically uh, into God's divine plan. So whenever something doesn't work out, and it's a lesson my dad taught me when I was younger. When I was going to buy my dirt bike, my dirt bike I didn't get it on the day I wanted to get. I got it two weeks later, but I got a better dirt bike. When I wanted to buy my ATV, same exact thing happened. When I wanted to buy my paintball gun, same exact thing happened. And there was this pattern over and over again where when I wanted something so badly on a specific day, I didn't get it on that specific day. But instead, uh, I got it a few weeks or months later, and it was way better than I expected. And I realize, well, and, and if the, the, that future moment is inevitable, it's either that or I'm dead. It's either I will be living in that moment or I'll be dead. And I know that if I'm working towards actually reaching it right now, if I don't reach it at this state, I'm not ready for it. Right. So and I learned that from my connection with God. I used to be atheist university. I went atheist mode. It was disgusting, unhappiest I've ever been. I was disconnected from God, from my family, fighting with my parents. Um, and, and like there was just no joy in life. There was no joy in the unknown and the, in the, in the uncertainty and things. And I think that's what my connection with God comes in from. I like the fact that at the end of the day, I, I'm, just, I'm a third dimensional individual. God could be on a way higher dimension than us that I can't even fathom where right? human beings can't even fathom what the fourth dimension would be be like imagine the fifth sixth seventh etc right so i imagine god to be some higher power being and and time doesn't matter and in, in these dimensions right time is just something that we believe in our third dimension right over here so that's why i always say just waiting for time to catch up i have the full trust and the divinity of things i have the full tawakkal that everything's going to work out in my favor no matter what just waiting for time to catch up i just got to do the necessary work in the present moment and that is just the entire connection i have with god summarized i love that i've heard that's one of my favorite things that you say and i use that all the time too i use that with girls actually that's like part of my pickup line um <laughs> like sometimes i'll talk to girls and they'll be like so like what do you do and like if i'm like trying to be like a dickhead like, cause like, I usually don't talk about like what I do. I'll say some like crazy shit. I'll be like, oh, like I, I own like whatever this thing is. Like I'm a billionaire and they're like, oh my God, seriously. I'm like, well, yeah, time just has to catch up or something like that. Um, it usually comes out better when I'm like a couple drinks in and, and like everyone's kind of in a good mood, but like. Cause, cause uh, they love the confidence and the certainty that you have with your vision, bro. That's huge. And they're fans of you. They're like, oh, I know Wiz of Ecom. He's hilarious. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I've used this all the time. That's how I did a million dollars my first year in e-commerce. That's what they say. Yeah. So that's why they love it. It's because they're fans of you. But one thing I did want to say is that I think like, and this is one thing that I kind of had to understand is that like belief in anything is a choice. And I think that the people who are um, what we would consider atheists, um, the people that choose to stick with that belief that like, you know, there is nothing above us. Um, it just makes the most logical sense to them. And like, I don't really have a problem with atheists. I don't agree with atheists, but I do think that there's something about my choice to believe in something greater than us that sort of relieves this like stress from me. Yeah. And I think like you can you can choose what to believe based on like what makes you happiest, even if it's like irrational or illogical. Even if I it's the that, flying spaghetti monster, it doesn't matter. Bro, literally, I think I know people that believe in the flying spaghetti monster. Like, it's an actual religion. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Yeah, 
it's it's relief, man. It's relief. Like I like, bro. We just look at the, at the sky, bro. Look at the stars, man. Like I'm looking at an ocean right now. It would swallow you whole, and no one would have even recognized, or the ocean wouldn't bat an eye. It would swallow you whole, and it would just have been a normal wave for them, you know. Like you just you you're, you're just completely silenced by the beauty of the creations of this universe, man. Like how 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 are you conscious? Look at your fingers right now, bro. How do you have full control over your thoughts and what you want to do in life, right? I get it. We're influenced by all of these external factors, but at the end of the day, you have this, you have this decision-making skill, this conscious ability. There's, there's no way that like, like, I don't know, in my opinion, there's no way that just science itself would have just solved it all. And if once we discovered the science that helped us become who we are over here, then we got to ask ourselves, how did this actually come into light? Which is basically um, the, the big bang, for example, you know, like, like they say that matter, I think it's matter never dies, right? It's, it never get killed. So we're, we're basically actually 13 billion years old. All of us over here, we're just um, um, being transformed with time. As time goes on, we're actually excelling and becoming more and more conscious. I just find it all beautiful in the grand scheme of things. We're so worried about our 60, 70 years, 80 years on earth, but in the grand scheme of things, 13 billion 13 billion years old come on man there is no way and you're saying that there's no other life in the universe like the, this doesn't add up the, the universe is infinite and it's always expanding and some infinites are bigger than other infinites how do you even fathom an infinite bigger than another infinite and the fact that the universe is an ever expanding infinite and we're the only conscious beings i don't know man my I, 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 you have to in my opinion god is like necessary to actually like calm yourself down and live stress-free I think so too, because thinking about it too much will drive you insane. Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain, there's a certain level of peace that you get when you choose to believe that there is something greater than you and no matter what, everything's going to turn out. Okay. And I think like it makes you, it makes you more confident in everything that you do. Like, um, and like, even if that's not true, it doesn't matter because that's just what I believe. Absolutely. Um, and Absolutely. like that and people, you, you got to respect the fact that there's infinite sorry sorry to interrupt one quick thing is uh, there's there's infinite perspectives in the world you know that's something i learned from tripping right my, my cousin's beliefs were different than mine your beliefs are different than mine it doesn't matter what you think and what i think how it should not affect you you know it should not affect you that i believe in god and someone else doesn't i'm not pushing it on anyone else neither are you people got to respect that fact as well too if someone doesn't let them be bro I agree. I think it's the highly logical types that kind of throw this off for everybody. And I don't think that's yeah, helpful. I th- yeah, I think I think you need a balance of logic, emotion, and spirituality, all three of them together, right? You can't really exp- explain and describe emotions that much. Neither can you with spirituality, but you can explain logic, right? Uh, emotions, yeah, you could explain from the chemical aspect of things, but the actual feeling itself, how do you describe that, right? So I think if someone has all three of those balanced together and they look at them like lenses, spiritual lens, um, logical lens and emotional lens, and you and you navigate your life with all three of those lenses simultaneously, then you're making the best decisions and that's how you live a good life. I think so too. And I think like to end it, um, we we sort of envy some people where they're like sort of like a blissful idiot where it's yeah, like, right? like sometimes I think that where it's like, it would be so nice just to like be so fucking thoughtless and like helpless that everything in life is great because you don't even know what problems exist. Yeah. Again, I think that's something you can pick and choose. I think that- yeah. You can, you can turn that on. You can flip a switch like we were talking about 
in certain aspects of your life. And I will choose to be highly intentional and highly logical with business, but everything else in my life, I'm just going to assume that everybody I meet loves me. I'm going to assume that, you know, I have no reason to not be confident. That's I'm cool. I like this. That, yeah. I'm going to assume that everything that happens to me in life is for a reason, even if it, it is completely random. It's just none of my business what happens up there. That's how I choose to live. That's why I'm happy. Yeah, bro. That's beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful, man. You're totally right. Thanks so much for coming on Wizard of E-commerce. You want to do a quick uh, shout? Quick plug. Uh, for sure. Everyone go follow Cardinal Mason on Twitter. Dude is an absolute fucking legend. Thank you so much for hosting me. Um, otherwise, I'm Wiz of Ecom. You guys can follow me on Twitter, Wiz of Ecom. Literally exactly what I just said. Um, and that's it, bro. Beautiful. Thank you, brother. Flew on my bitch out from Thailand. She do the most. My niggas hot like some cayenne. Sitting in your throat. They spend a quarter million in a private. Just for the show. Shawty gonna call a nigga your highness. Cause we fuck on the low. And I get about 12 for a key. If a nigga playing chess, I'm king. My niggas riding with Berettas, fuck a steam. You know I'm popping every little team. Got a lot of these.